Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Go to Exodus 15:22. Now I told you last week, and the reason I'm doing Moses is because last week we saw where are we at as a nation? Plus, church is going to go to one from now on, just so you know it. Okay, last year, I mean last year, last week I showed you everything we've been going through since 2020 has been to make the Pharaoh, the spirit that wants to destroy Christianity in this nation, see that there's a God, to see that there's a God. So every prayer, everything we've done has made things backfire, okay? And is exposing things. And God continues to let these hard hearts be hardened so that people will see everything exposed. Think about it. If they had decided to back down, we wouldn't know all the stuff we're seeing now, right? We wouldn't know all the news things we're seeing now. It's because there's a hardness in heart. There's a hardening of the heart of all these people who are specifically trying to destroy our nation, right? Well, that's what Pharaoh was doing. Pharaoh was like, I don't want these. I want to be in charge, and I want people here to do what we say when we say it, especially those who believe in, in Jehovah. Those who believe in Jehovah, into God, we want them serving us and not the other way around, right? And we want to tell them what they can do, what they can't do. We want to take away every privilege they have being in this nation. And we're going to be in charge. And we don't want anybody serving their God. We don't want anybody knowing about their God. We don't want anybody else coming into things of God. It messes up us and the things that we're thinking uh, we want to do. We're right. These people are a problem. Okay. And so we've watched God, even though they're releasing this stuff, we're watching God um, letting their hearts be hardened so that they get caught, so that they blatantly say things out loud, so that they're watching uh, things happen. At the same time, God's been calling his people to get spiritual, plead the blood of Christ, understand healing, be divinely protected, don't become part of evil. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's like saying, look, in this part to cross over, now, I believe in this crossing over of the Red Sea. I believe I've crossed. I believe our church has crossed over for the most part. Like we, we get it. We see what's going on. We know that God is showing who is going to be swallowed up when this thing collapses. Okay. And he's bringing us out into the wilderness. So we're watching now. If you want to say, where are we now? You've got a lot of the church has gone through. You've got a lot of the church who doesn't even have a clue what's going on, who are still back part of the Pharisee group and think it's all okay in slavery. You still got a part of the church still in slavery. What happened for a lot of us, they tried to put us in slavery and we were like, no, we're not going to be in slavery. You know what I mean? Like part of the church is like, no, we're not going to be in slavery. But there comes a difference between thinking you can keep yourself out of slavery and you recognizing God can keep you out of slavery, okay? There's a difference. So then you've got this power struggle going. I'm not in a power struggle because no one can put me into slavery except God. And if he puts me there, he's going to use me there like he did Daniel and um, Joseph, okay? So even in those positions, God can use his people no matter what, right? Okay, so you have everybody in different places. That's why you have to realize we're not like those days where they came and took a whole country and, and, and took them somewhere to Egypt or something. We don't do it like that now. So when you look at how they do it now, you're watching this whole thing. Um, so you can kind of see all these positions. So there's these people who intently, purposely want to have everybody serve them and want to get rid of God, okay? That's a, that's a portion of the people who have the antichrist feral heart, right? And they're the ones we have to do spiritual warfare against at the same time we have to love the people because we can actually watch them get free from that spirit and come into the kingdom of God. 
That's the heart of a mature believer, okay? So you got that going on. Then you have those who are really crossing, which means, hey, this hasn't affected us. We've learned to walk in divine health. We've taken care of our kids in this. We've kept our jobs in this, okay? That's where God's been getting the church in this, to believe him, to trust him, to keep the doors open, to see what he's saying, to pray and pray for the nation, okay? So we're watching God doing all these things. But for us, and what's gonna happen once um, some of this stuff starts coming down, Right, right now, for those who don't know what's going on, they've shown videos to show that January 6th was not what people said it was. Now, there's still people who did wrong things, okay? There's still people, it doesn't matter who's telling you to come and do something, you shouldn't hit a police officer. There's still people who you shouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm the chicken type, anyway. I wouldn't have gone in there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going in there because a crowd of people are pushing me in there, right? If you were led by Holy Spirit, you probably wouldn't have been in there right? You certainly wouldn't have been the one in there who's been sitting rotten in a jail and, and solitary confinement now without a trough for over two years. Okay, but what's happening? Now it's being exposed so people whose eyes are closed can begin to say, what? What did they do to those people's rights? What are they? They could do that to us. Can I just say, there's no safe side when the devil's in charge? Okay, this isn't like, okay, we're safe because we're black, or we're safe because we believe that the trans thing is okay. There is no safety when the devil's in charge. And so now you're watching all these crazy, now you're also seeing all these things happen. Everything's being exposed. Why? Because there's been a lot of people humbling themselves, seriously turning from their sin and praying. But we've hit all we can get to the place of exposure, okay? What else could they expose? Okay, this wasn't real. Okay, this, you saw all the videos and stuff where things weren't above board in the elections. You've seen, um, now what are they saying? Oh, COVID was paid for by money that the U.S. Get. Do you know how much the rest of the world's going to be pretty ticked off at the USA that we paid to have COVID developed and released? Does anybody think that's going to make us friends with the rest of the world? No, and it shouldn't. So everything's going to change. Even when this comes out, it might change worse. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we all heard, oh, everybody's pointing at China, we paid them. We paid them to do this. The USA paid them to do this. All this stuff has been orchestrated with the main headquarters of a bunch of this in the USA, right? This is not going to make us popular with the world, you guys. We got to pray for our nation. We got to pray for our nation. Anyway, so we're watching all this. We're seeing all this, okay? So we've got to get love. Now, remember last week we did the song and they came across. So we're crossed now. Now, remember this. I'm believing this. As, we, as part of the church is crossing, and I believe that's most of us. As we're crossing, which took two years, right? Over two years. Some of the church is starting to get in, right? Some of the people are joining crossing over. They're like, wait a minute, this is wrong. This is wrong. You know, I watched, um, there's pretty cool, there's a lot of cool, um, uh, if you want to say black voices who are really seeing this. There's, I don't know who they, I don't know how this stuff shows up on my YouTube, but there's these five young guys, I think they're athletes, and they're really, they show conservative stuff and they, they watch the Star Spangled Banner, the real story about it. And they're all tearing up. It was so anointed. And they're like showing how um, bad some things are. But they're like young people that are really relating to people some of us couldn't relate to. And I'm watching all these things come up of, of God just drawing people in, you know, opening eyes, opening eyes, opening eyes. It's really exciting, actually. And so God is doing it. God is making people say, who can say, if I'm, if I'm black, I got to vote a certain way. Wait, who took away my freedom? You mean I don't have a freedom to use my brain and to vote? God is really doing this, you guys. I mean, he's really exposing this. So things are turning around really big. And the harder, this is kind of cool, the harder the heart of Pharaoh, the longer they keep somebody in and show the insanity the more people are seeing. The more people are seeing. Like the, just like in Egypt, would you let these people worship God so our babies don't die? Would you let these people worship God? 
But this is even better than that. They're like, no, no, we're going with those people. We're going with those people. We don't want to stay here while you're killing us to make a point. We don't want to stay here while you don't care if our babies die to make a point. We don't want to stay here when our cattle's die and there's no food and all this stuff is happening. We want to be part of that. And that's where we are right now. That's this outpouring. That's this outpouring. This outpouring. Right now we're going to quit as a church fighting each other and acting like a bunch of nuts and begin to help the people who are coming in in this outpouring, who, who some, you know, wherever God wants to part his spirit, praise God, right? And so we're, we're seeing us cross over. And so when we look at this, we're really going to look at this. How many would like this not to take 40 years? I think that was supposed to be like, I'm not positive, like a nine-day journey or something. But because of their hard hearts, it took 40 years and most of them didn't get in. You know, this is where we need to study this now and say, how do we get into the promised land? What is the promised land, you guys? What's the promised land for the USA? To come out of the Babylonian system, out of the corrupt system, become the nation God called us to be, go to the nations, make disciples, see real unity, see God really move among all people group to see God shine in this nation. That is the intention of God for our nation. The promised land for our nation is to be a light to the whole world. At this point too, the promised land would be we stop the Antichrist everywhere we can and we make disciples and we watch God bring forth a mature bride. Okay, so that's my belief. My belief is God saying, I want this nation to continue to grow and walk in me and use the things I've given you to see a powerful, powerful church come forth to bring in a harvest, train up a harvest and make a people and set people free. Okay, so that's the promised land. Now, the return of Christ is the real promise, right? The really return of Christ is the real the promise. All right. So it's not about us splitting up the rids. It's really easy for people to say, we're going to have a civil war if they're living in a red state. They would not be so happy about that if they're living in a blue state or part of their fins are in a blue state or their money comes from a blue state or they're going to lose all their real estate and have nothing leaving a blue state. Does everybody get what I'm saying? It's like saying, okay, they're going to have a hurricane over there. Well, prophesy it in your own backyard or be quiet. I mean, you would spend so much time stopping what people are prophesying. Thank God for the authority to stop it and keep walking in love. All right, so here we go. So here they've crossed over now. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went, we're at Exodus 15, 22. They went out into the wilderness of S-H-U-R, which means, it's kind of weird, it means a desert place. It also means a wall. Kind of strange it would mean a wall when there's so much about a wall right now. So God's like, I'm bringing you out, but we got to destroy the walls. But also, I think we have to recognize as we're coming out, uh, we're coming into our promised land. Part, mm, thank you, Lord. Part of our wilderness is how are we going to handle all these people in this nation who came in because we didn't have a wall. There's not a person probably in here, if you were living in some of the conditions these people were living in, who would not come into this nation if you knew you were invited, told to come in, and nothing's going to happen to you. Right? I can tell you, go to some of these nations on a mission trip, and you would be saying, me and my family would be right there walking through. So we have got to get the right heart for these people. We want to see God take what was meant for evil and turn it to good. So we need to begin to pray and intercede that these people would find the church as someone with light. That we would have greater light in us than the darkness that some of them walked in. That I guarantee you that not every one of those, if not even a big portion of those, are not um, gangsters and thugs and criminals. Now, even if 10% are, that's horrible because millions have come in. And the purpose of them coming in is to destroy our nation. 
So there'd be in pawns in the hands of the people letting them in to destroy the nation or to destroy places that won't agree with them, all right? So no matter what, they're being used. But right now, they need to be loved. Even the criminals can get a revelation from Jesus Christ and be powerful for his glory, right? So the first thing when we come into this wilderness that we're in right now, our church is in that, okay? Some people are still back there trying to get across the Red Sea, okay? That's okay. This is a long, open thing. Come on through, all right? It was millions then to come on through. But I believe personally when it comes to how I'm praying, what God's showing me, how I'm training and teaching is now we have to learn what we need to learn in the wilderness. I've already said it from the beginning. Y'all know that. I said, oh my gosh, if this is a Moses thing for real, then that means the whole church is going into the wilderness. And they don't have a clue how hard that's going to be. Okay? So we need to get our hearts right there. How do I get my heart right about something like that? Well, let's just have this thing called compassion. What if it were you? What if you were somebody who really came here being told that this nation has everything you want? And you're going to have food and there's going to be medical care and they're going to take care of you and love you. And you get in. Because they're not watching YouTube people. They're not watching the TV. Most of these people are so poor, they don't know anything except for what they're told as they're coming in. Has anybody noticed they've got new tennis shoes on, a backpack and clothes? Somebody invited them. Somebody got them to the border. Now, what if the church really began to intercede and pray for them? And there are some churches, there are people on the front line doing this. What if we begin to intercede and pray that God raises up frontline people who have a calling to evangelize those? Because wouldn't they be the biggest misfit? Wouldn't they be more misfit than the hippies that turned into the Jesus revolution? Right? Wouldn't they be the misfits? So we need to begin to pray and intercede. Lord, you want to pour out your spirit on all flesh. How about them? How about them? Now, Lord, raise up those who have the anointing and the authority and the love and the power to minister to those. And, Lord, get them saved and let there be churches made, even if it's in tent cities, for now. You say, well, I don't know. Trump wants to get them all out of here. Well, maybe that's fine. It's, that's part of the legal system. But that's not our choice. Even then, I still want them saved to be sent back to win nations. Wouldn't that be powerful? They bring them all over here to destroy us. And instead, God turns it around and goes and plants churches all over the nations of people who've been loved and trained up in the things of God. Because this isn't going away, okay? Even if we change uh, leadership in two years, it's this, we're looking at problems that aren't going away. Can everybody wake up? Problems are not going away for probably eight to 10 years. And that's probably pushing it to ever see change. Okay. Right. So what do we do with that time? What do we do with that time? Let's begin to pray and intercede. I'm telling you things, how you can grow up. Let's begin to pray and bring this stuff up on Friday nights. Pray and intercede. And mean it. How powerful would that be for God? How powerful for these people to come and say, we found Jesus Christ. Put away their guns. Put away. This may be the only way for some of these people coming for their wives to ever have any real freedom. For their kids not to be brought up in hate. Oh my gosh. But that's, now we're talking about, now we're talking about the kingdom. Now we're talking about a God who says, well, you know what? You wouldn't go out to the mission field, to the hard places. Let's bring them there. How many know I'd rather them come here if I got to go and be a missionary than me to go there and be one against a ton of people who hate God? I think we're going to have more on our side here to pray and believe. We'll have more resources. We didn't use our, the church has not used her resources to go save the world. Not in the last quite a few decades, Right. So guess what? We're going to use our resources now, but let's make it to save the world. See, this is how, this is how you win. You win by thinking bigger than what the enemy's doing. So we need to get serious about this. We've got to get the heart for this. We've got to find ministries that are doing this and help finance them. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. That sounds like us. Three days out of here. And where's the water? Where's the presence of God? What's going on? 
And when they came to Moriah, that means bitter. So, <laughs> after just three days, after singing, having a hooray celebration party for God. Now, there, now I'm not making fun, not having any water that's not poison. But how many know they just bitter, put bitterness in Ohio's water? How many know a lot of, how many know if they decide we're not having plastic bottles anymore, you're not going to be able to go and get water. Now, we've never, ever had that in this nation. But you don't know, when we go overseas, we have, the first thing we're like, get us water, get us water. Here, I don't care how much it costs, put water in the truck, have water at the thing. A few times we got there and they didn't get water. And they're like, oh, we'll get in two days. Do you know how hard it is to go two days with hardly any water? See, we're so spoiled in this nation, thank God. We have no idea what other people are living with. They're dying from having the problems of drinking bad water. And now we're tasting bad water. They're, in Ohio, they're trying to get the water in. Trump took water in. But they want this not to be in a few little pockets of places, okay? So we need to know, we want to get rid of bitterness in our hearts, and we got teaching for that. Quit blaming God for what the devil's doing. That's what causes bitterness. Quit blaming the politicians. Quit blaming anybody, okay? This devil is doing this. God's given an escape. God's body is us. We are the ones who get the answers, okay? All right, here's what happens when you feel like God's not listening to you. He's not meeting your needs. Oh, this is so good. All right, get a hold of this, people. Here's where bitterness comes. Get this, get this, get this. Bitterness is, but I did everything God wanted me to. I went to church all this time. We prayed. God told us to have this child. God told me to do this. God did this. Blah, blah, blah. He, uh, but you're basically saying he owes this to us. He owes this to us. He owes this to us because look what we went through. He owes this to us because look, he doesn't owe us anything, yet he gave us everything. Bitterness is based on a lie that God owes us something. God does not owe America anything. He's given us way more, way more than we've walked in any kind of love or thankfulness towards him. What happens when there's bitterness? All right, get this. Okay, everybody ready for conviction moment? Here it comes, okay, because he just got me because of some murmuring I did the other day, but I turn around and repent it. When you murmur, it's because you're bitter. And the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Murmuring is, I don't know what we're going to do about this. I thought God was going to heal this. I thought God would take care of this. I thought God was going to make this happen. I thought, I thought my job would handle this. I thought my husband should do this. I think my wife should do this. I think, okay, you get what I'm saying? All of a sudden, there's a murmuring. Murmuring here shows you what it is. Why is God letting this happen? Why is God letting this happen? Why isn't God stopping this? Why isn't God changing her? Why isn't God changing him? Why isn't God? Why isn't God? Why isn't God? And God will always say, look in the mirror and tell me why you're not walking in the authority I've given you. Why are you not walking in the power, the love, my word? It is finished. Jesus said, it's finished. Now you have Holy Spirit in you. You learn how to do this. He's provided everything, multiplying food, get rid of bitter, everything. So murmuring is an indicator that something is wrong in your heart. Can I get a oh, thank you? Well, here's the good part. If something's wrong in my heart, I can repent and mean it. Well, remember the whole thing we said, if you got to blame somebody else, you'll never get to repentance. If you never get to repentance, you'll never get to victory. If you never get to victory, you'll never walk in this powerful, wonderful walk with an awesome, powerful, glorious God who's already taken care of everything. And it's your choice. And the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Now Moses... Now remember also, in that day, in that covenant, the people themselves didn't hear God, okay? And they had to submit 
and humble themselves before Moses. And that's a whole story. If you go back and read the whole story of Moses, he came in and killed somebody right off and they didn't like him and he caused the hard labor. Moses got whammed a lot, okay? But now they're like, you do something about this. We're listening to you. Okay, in the new covenant, there's no covering doctrine. So you can't blame me. You can't blame that apostle or that pastor or that prophet because you have Holy Spirit in you. What are you doing going there, listening to them or anything else? That doesn't make them without the Holy Spirit changing their hearts and convicting them. But it doesn't give anyone today the power that Moses had to lead people. And I say that to mean now the Holy Spirit in each person is led by God to go to who God shows them, to where they're supposed to be, what conferences say they go to, how they should do things. It's a whole different thing than God raising up one voice for everybody to follow. Does everybody get that? But you still have to follow Holy Spirit, and it's still going to include, actually it's going to include more than one Moses. <laughs> it's going to include whoever and wherever he takes you for what he's doing. All right. I love this about Moses, though. He knows, like, oh, my gosh, they're all following me. They're all listening to me. And he cries to the Lord, and the Lord shows him a tree, which then he had to cast. So he says, throw the tree into the water. All right, the tree represents the cross. Okay, Jesus died on a tree. The Bible says um, all curses are broken because he hung on a tree. All right? So this curse over this bitter water is broken because Moses goes to God, which nowadays we can go to God together on a prayer meeting. You can go to God by yourself if he leads you. Holy Spirit will show you how many need to pray, how to do this thing. But guess what? Even supernaturally changing water has been paid for with the cross. Come on. You know what? We got to really know this because we're hidden into days that are different than we've had before. And, and especially people who have no money, you can't go buy the fancy stuff. I got something in my house that'll take rainwater, take every bit of junk out of it. You can actually go put muddy water, pour it in there, and you can drink it. Now, I don't want to have to do that. It doesn't make enough for everybody. But some people can't afford to go get an 89 or whatever that costs to do that. I will say, though, with what they're doing, I would still buy food, people, and I'd be storing up stuff that lasts a long time for a while. Because things have been done. It just hasn't hit us yet. Well, what if it never hits us? Well, praise God, give away your extra food. I hope it doesn't hit us. But you can't close your eyes and pretend things aren't happening. You can, but it's going to backfire on you. All right. So what was the answer? Not murmuring. You can find that later, but not today. But the heart of the leaders, the people that God has put in your life to help you walk through this stuff, you want people who know how to talk to God. You want people who can help you talk to God. You want people who are more about connecting you to the headship of Christ so you can talk to God than they are about you giving them money of your tithe so they get a paycheck. But don't get an independent spirit and think that God does not have a ministry that consists of five different anointed positions that he's placed there until everyone comes to the full knowledge of Christ. That's how he does it. He doesn't have a one Moses who hears everything for the people. He has put together those people called by him, anointed by him to walk in those five, those offices of what, you know, prophet, teacher, okay, pastor, teacher, prophet, um, evangelist, not in this order, an apostle, okay? He has that. It's in his word. That's how he does it. So you want to be able to have people, even if you're murmuring and groaning and complaining, I passed that test, who will still go to God on your behalf? Who will still cry out? Now, I'm telling I'm teaching you something that leaders need to know. They've got to become the people that know how to go and talk to God, but not take the place of God. They've got to be people who do not get so upset with all the murmuring and complaining and blaming and false accusations and everything else of expecting people to be more than people who have God living in them that's trying to do what they know how to do in the same journey that you're on. 
but you want people who are at least maturing to a place to cry out to God and the Lord show them something. And you want to become one of those people. So what did he do? He showed him a tree. Now, I love this about Moses. He obeyed. He didn't sit there with a 10-year thing. What good is it for me to throw an old tree into water? Come on. If y'all, y'all know good and well, if we all go down to Ohio right now, and we're standing there and the water's all bitter, we go, here, throw a tree in. Now go ahead and drink it. Then you drink it first. <laughs> Let us watch you for a month or two. I'll just throw this in just to make everybody happy. You know they have land. They want to take all those people's land. They want to move them all to a place, put monitors on them, and be totally in charge of their lives. Oh, I wonder how they came up with that plan just instantly when there just happens to be this kind of spill. And they're trying to see what's everybody going to do. Is the world this corrupted? Yes. This is not made up stuff. Tell me a conspiracy spirit. Fear. Tell me one conspiracy spirit uh, story. Not the Q9 stuff. I already told you that was false a long time ago. That hasn't been true. One. Because they're all, they're true. Except the Q9 stuff. That was a... Uh, counterfeit spirit that was purposely released so that Christians would get off track, which they did, and not have any authority to pray. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. Because some of us are like way up here doing this stuff after these years. And some people just find out for the first time that's fine. But here's the thing. He knew to obey God even if it looked crazy. Well, I don't know why God would do that. I don't care if you don't know why God would do that. If he says, do it, do it. If he says, do it, do it. Now, Moses didn't know about the cross, did he? Moses didn't know about the cross. He just knew God said, throw a tree and pollute water. And he did. So what's God going to teach us in this wilderness? How to walk in faith and not let your brain get in the way how to be obedient, how not to be critical and judgmental of people who are walking in faith and doing what they know God's showing them, not to murmur and complain, to begin to be those people. Because think about it this way. Moses did it for, think of him as the five-fold leader. So he's doing it, let's say, for the church. But who's going to do it at your house? Who's going to do it for your kids? Who's going to do it in your situation? You are. And what are you going to do if you got kids? You're going to train them up to hear God and follow God and obey God and see what he does. And you may not see instant answers like Moses saw here. Okay. So the waters were made sweet, which means not bitter. And here they made for themselves a statue, an ordinance, and there he proved them. And there he proved to them. In other words, they were so excited. Okay. I like this. When God does something for you, don't forget it. We're so quick to see God did this, and then the enemy's got us sidetracked, and we don't remember. Wait a minute, God got us through that. God took care of that. God healed that. God took care of that. No, no, devil, you're not stealing that God healed my son, a brain, uh, lung, and liver damage. You're not taking that from me. Uh, no matter what's going on. No, no, enemy, you're not taking from me that you gave us this building. You're not taking that from me. No, no, you're not taking from me how you turned the city around. No, see, you've got to remember and in your mind at least make a, if you want to say, a place of honoring those memories, those things that God did for you because you're going to build on that. Your faith is going to build on what he's done for you. Your faith is going to build on that. Get that. You need to see the things in your life. Write them down. Write a song about them. Get up and testify. That's why we want you testifying. Okay? Because you're building that place before the Lord to say, wait a minute. Remember when God did this. You will see that over and over in the life of Moses. Okay? This, because God knows they're going to need this again up the road. Okay, that's why you recount what he's done, what he's done. That's why people write their books. They tell their testimonies. That's why, because when you're in a bigger battle and it doesn't look like it's working, Satan's trying to steal your faith. But you got to look back and say, no, I remember God who did this. 
I know the God who gave me this building. I know the God who made the way when there seemed to be. I know the God who exposed all this darkness. I know the God who took care of breaking sure that anybody taking any kind of thing in their body that was poisonous couldn't hurt them because we stood up and we prayed and we believed God. I remember when God told me that this could not come on my children. I remember that. Can I tell you it's time to get real with your walk with God and, and I don't want to say militant, but a little bit militant when you're fighting the enemy who's worse than any natural enemy? All right. And there he proved to them And then, and then he said, now this is, God proved them, he showed them he was real, and he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do what is right in his sight, he will, and give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon those, upon you, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. And we're going to stop there, but look a minute. Wait a minute. What did God do? What are we supposed to be learning right now? Individually? What are we supposed to be learning right now? We're supposed to learn that God, now Holy Spirit's in us. How cool is that? And he's saying, look, quit murmuring. Take the cross to every situation. If there's no water, bring it to me. And I'll tell you what to do. Bring that cross, the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's what the cross means. What he paid for. That's what it means. He paid for us not to have sickness. And the Lord says, if you listen to me and obey me and walk with me. Now remember, in the new covenant, he's written this on our hearts. Okay? What does that mean? What, what does that mean? What's the difference? It's, it means he's not asking you to go figure out all the rules and regulations. He's telling you, I, that doesn't work for the whole victory. But Jesus Christ paid so that his spirit can come inside of you. You have the mind of Christ. You have God's ways. You have God's laws. You understand the things of the spirit, but you have to be led by the spirit to do it because it's spiritual. You cannot be a Pharisee and get this. See, it's super important that you recognize you need to hear God. You need to trust Holy Spirit in you. You need to trust he already knows your way of escape. You need to go to him in faith like Moses, Moses knew. I hear God and God's going to tell me what to do. What do I do? You need to get to that kind of place to go, okay, I know God lives inside of me. So what do I do? I know he knows the spiritual laws. He'll show me where I need to repent. He'll show me what things I need to do. He'll show me what I need to change. He'll show me where my heart is wrong. He'll show me where I have a Pharisee spirit. He'll show me where I have pride. Do you understand what I'm saying? So in this wilderness we're walking in, it's to get to know him and hear him and walk with him and obey him. And, and the church is going to go through this. In America, the church has gone through this in other places, but and some of them got strong in God, but some of them didn't have the revelation or the know-how. God is putting his whole, just like the whole church went through the great shaking, a worldwide move of God to wake up. Things have changed, right? Now he's taken his whole church and saying, come on, follow me into the wilderness. Come on. You're not getting out of this. I don't care how much money your parents make. I don't know, care how fancy you think you are. You're coming with me. Come on. Some of you are going to take slower to get here. But those who get there and overcome are going to help you know how to get there. I'm telling Y'all can say what you want about. I'm telling you. The church is going into the wilderness. What does that mean? It means the enemy has lost destroying our nation. But now the church is going to have a season to mature and to grow up in this wilderness to learn to trust God, to learn to handle whatever we have to handle. 
Are you understanding this? It's not an option plan. They had, to, if they did not want to be in slavery and bow their knee to not serving God, to the Antichrist system, they had to leave with Moses. They had to leave with Moses. And they were forced into a wilderness. That's why I didn't laugh, ha ha, but I thought, oh my gosh. Everybody's going, yes, the Red Sea's parted. I'm thinking, oh, the church is so not close to being able to handle the wilderness yet. How do you know? Because they can't even handle prosperity. Because they don't submit as unto the Lord. They don't submit to who God has put the anointing. They go where they want and do what they want and say what they want and act like they want. It's going to be a little rough in the wilderness. Do you want to hear good news for our church? Most of us have been in the wilderness for quite a while. Amen. This is where people who have had to trust God for a long time are going to shine and outshine those who've lived a privileged life or life without much uh, attacks. This is where, though, it's time to get real and the repentance be real. This is when it's like, it's not okay. It's not okay to get the tar beat out of you all the time and call that the wilderness. That, you're not winning there. Do you understand? Being in the wilderness for years and years, but having the tar beat out of you is not the idea that I want to follow in the wilderness. Right? Got that? This isn't a, it means where have you overcome? What have you seen? What places can you say, God did this for me? What things have you faced, but you overcame? So when you face something else, you know what to do. So when this looks like it's happening or this looks like it's happening, instead of jumping into fear and getting murmuring, you're like, no, God, show me what to do. Show me what to do. You know all the stories I tell everybody and you guys are like, oh, that's pretty cool. Those are the stories I overcame all that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I overcame all that. I'm not boasting me. Holy Spirit took me in the wilderness and had me overcome to be a part of training up people to walk with God, hear God, know God, so what? They can get through this wilderness. Just because you've been in the wilderness a very long time doesn't mean you should lead anybody in the wilderness because you're still walking in a little circle, not getting out. You're doing the 40-year hike. I'm ready. I want the short hike, okay? I'd like to get us out of the wilderness as a church and into the power of God. And if we don't do it in my generation, God will do what he did with Moses' crew, and the first generation won't go in. I don't want a bunch of y'all not to be here for it because you will not deal with the stuff you need to deal with. So I just want us to know, being in bad times, because you can be in the wilderness and have a pretty great life. It's when the enemy attacks you and you desperately need God to show you what to do. That's when you're an overcomer. And about everybody in here has overcome some things. But you need to deal with the things you're not overcome, you haven't overcome. Because you tried to sidetrack those. And guess what? Here's what happens when you try to sidetrack what God's dealing with. You're walking along. Yeah, I'm loving this. This is great. I'm overcoming. Thank you, God. And then there's that issue God wants you to deal with, okay? Let's see. This is the issue God wants you to deal with. Maybe it's... Um, maybe it's addiction to something. Maybe it's relationship issues. Maybe it... Whatever. Maybe it's... Uh, health issues, whatever. And so you're marching along with everybody, marching along, marching along, marching along. Ooh, we're going through the wilderness. We're overcoming. We saw this. And then they keep going, and you won't deal with that thing God wants you to deal with. And here you go, 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 and here you go. And then you get it back together. Okay, march along. They're way up there now. March. You think you're still there, but you're not. You're back here, back here, and you get to that thing again. And oh, I'm not ever dealing with that. Okay, here you go. You're still marching along. You're kind of coming in with the people coming in later. Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God he always has people marching and coming to that place of the promised land, marching and coming. But just because you've been marching a long time doesn't mean you're at the place to help people get free. You can tell by your own family. You can tell by your own life. You can tell by how much you've changed. And I'm not saying this to put anybody down. I'm trying to wake you up. 
How many times are you going to go around and around until the devil knocks you down and you never get into the promised land? Or things happen that you don't want to happen that God's trying to prepare you to stop. So we're going to end with this, but really look at Exodus 15, 26. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, which means you need to hear him, right? It means diligently. What does that mean? With everything within you, you want to hear God. With everything within you, you want to study the word, know what he's saying, understand his ways, and really hear him. You want the real deal. You don't want pretended faith. You want to know your God. See, God, when God has an if on something, it means if you don't do the if, it's not working for you. And then you have to do what's right in his sight. Not, try to, not what's right in your sight, not what's right in my sight. What is right to him? What is he telling you to do right now? And you have to know his voice. If what he's telling you to do goes separate than what other people think you should do, fine. As long as he's the one telling you to do it then there's going to be real fruitfulness from it, right? That's what I'm not telling people what to do anymore. I don't know. If you got somebody who, I, I know what the word says, but only you can know from God what you're supposed to personally do. Nobody can do the thing, I'm blaming them for this. That's what I told when people had me pray. I can't tell what God's going to do unless he has me do it. Just like the thing we talked about. I'm, it's cool that God made it 30 days and not 28 for those people to have all that debt wiped away. But if it wasn't God doing it that way, it wouldn't have been good if something bad happened in those last two days, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't make formulas of this. And how you pray is important. All right. You have to give ear to his commandments. That means you need to understand his word. You need to listen, which you all do. I mean, we preach and preach so much around here. Get on the mentorship. Listen to some more things. Lord, I want to listen to what your word says. I want to listen to how you operate. I want to understand you and know your ways. I want to hear your voice. Did you notice there's two things he has going here? He knows the commandments, but he also hears his voice. Okay, get that. If you just know the commandments, you can be a Pharisee. If you just hear his voice, you might be really off track and not be hearing the right voice. But if you hear his voice and you know his word, and both of those you're serious about. Whew, isn't that cool? That's right here in Moses' day. Both of those you're serious about. And then he says, and keep all his statutes. Okay, it's one thing to know he says this. Like he says, don't forsake the fellowshipping together of the believers as many will do in that day. You're, oh, yeah, don't forsake. But then you forsake it like you're watching instead of ever coming. If he says, you know, if he puts on your heart, um, you know, put away this covetousness or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, that's really bad. And you don't. Do you get the? Uh, this covers stuff so perfectly when we look at human beings and how they try to do this. Oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, I heard God. Oh, he goes, wait a minute. If you, if you really hear the voice of God, if you really diligently go after him, if you know his word, and if. You recognize it's right with him. And then you keep what he's taught you. You walk in what he's taught you. It becomes lifestyle what he's taught you. Then he says, when you do those things, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I've brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that hears thee. Now, does anybody have trouble? If God, God, God brought, it's like, well, wait a minute. God doesn't bring disease. No, he brings judgments. What's a judgment? Something that's sent to turn you around to repent before it's too late. So in the days of Pharaoh, God sent those judgments. Um, personally, I believe COVID was a judgment. I just believe it was a judgment. Why? Because it came, it was all set up, and no one stopped it, and no one knew how to stop it, and God didn't show anyone how to stop it till it got here. I want you to get the difference between evil and judgments. Evil is something somebody's doing on purpose to destroy you, and it comes from the enemy. A judgment is when God 
either does something or allows something, however you want to say it, so that you will repent and turn so that your life will end up better and you'll go to heaven. And you can see all that in the book of Revelations. He said, God's hand did this and they did not repent. God handed this and they did not repent. So we need to get rid of the oversweet idea that God will not use whatever it takes to save us. It's kind of like this. If your child is running in front of a moving car and you go out and you wham them and knock them down so they don't get hit by the car, well, you just hit your kid and knocked them down. But you did it out of love so they wouldn't get hit by the car. So it's not evil. But if you just go beat the tar out of them because you're tired and you're mad and you just want to beat them up, that's evil. God can't do that. He's not evil. We've got to quit putting God in the, what we want him, to, what we want to think he is. He says, that is really scary to fall into the hands of an angry God. He said there's a wonderful goodness and love of God, but there's also a reverence and a fear of the Lord. And what we need to do is bring that back to the church and bring that back into our lives and bring that to our children. Because that's why there's so much rebellion. Okay, let me finish that last. I think I finished that, but is everybody okay with this? I know, ooh, y'all stayed in church really long. Um, I'll pray you have good weather. Oh, it's bad weather. Anyway, I can pray for bad weather every Sunday so you don't feel like you're missing anything. Okay, that's it. That's what we want to do. And I am the Lord that heals. So I want everybody to know that. So when you walk in repentance and you ask God to forgive you, and you go over some of these things today, isn't it awesome he'll heal us? Isn't it awesome? He's not like, he doesn't, that's how you know it's not evil. That's how you know it could be a judgment, but it's not evil. God's saying, I want to heal you. You have to know he wants to heal you. He wants to show you. He wants to heal and fix your marriages, your families. He wants to do that. Everybody has to know that. The enemy doesn't want you to know that, but God does. All right? Lord, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you that there's going to be miracles that we're going to have people speaking about. Whoa. Lord, I thank you there's going to be a, a, a maturing in this wilderness. Lord, even today, certain people, Lord, saw that, yes, they're walking around the same obstacle, and they're not doing anymore. They're going to hear you. They're going to walk with you, and you're going to show them exactly what to do, even if no one else can understand what they're to do. God, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our nation. I thank you, Lord, that we celebrated last week that we have crossed into the, prom into the not the promised land, but the wilderness. And I give you praise that we're in the wilderness. And I pray, Lord, that we'll come out of it quickly and bring many others out of the wilderness. In Jesus' name, use this ministry for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.